0: It's the opposite of what you see. Jesus Christ, who by the word of God created the earth and all its inhabitants and its universe, died on a cross of ridicule and shame with a crown of thorns upon his head. He died a naked, mutilated pauper. That's what the world saw. But Satan saw something different. Satan saw the complete spoiling of his dark kingdom. Imagine that pitiful cross of Jesus Christ became God's glory. If you possess the crown of thorns, it would be worth more than all the glorious crowns of all the kings who ever lived combined, and fittingly so, for Jesus Christ is the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. 1 Timothy six fourteen through 16 That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ— which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. It is a spiritually typical thing that what you see with your carnal eyes Is opposite to eternal reality. Imagine that regression and not progression is required if I am to be saved. Imagine that regression and not progression is required if I want to communicate with God. Imagine that regression and not progression is required if I want to live a life filled with victory and eternal purpose. Imagine Regression and not progression is required if I want to understand the theory of everything. We must regress to a place called childlike faith, not progress in carnal scholarship, but rather Holy Ghost scholarship that instructs how to excel in childlike faith. God is not impressed with the obvious trappings of military might or political power or beauty or IQ— or academic achievements, or wealth. God is impressed with childlike faith that worketh by love, and of the diligent commitment to his word. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Isaiah 66.1-2. Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Have you been born again? John 3.3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except that man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Will today be your day of salvation? Keep in mind that salvation is a limited-time offer. Today all your sin and shame can be washed away, and all Satan's bondages, every single one broken. Will today be the day you regress to the place of childlike faith? you are in the valley of decision. Today, in just a few moments, you will surely decide to accept Jesus Christ's offer of salvation or to reject it. Here it comes. Follow the prompt. Click on to further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said Luke 17, 20 and 21, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. God said, Ephesians three seventeen and 18, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. God said, Colossians one sixteen and 17, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. MAN SAID, WHO NEEDS THE GOD OF THE BIBLE? MODERN SCIENCE HAS ALL THE ANSWERS. IF I DON'T KNOW THE ANSWER TO A PARTICULAR QUESTION, I'LL JUST ASK MY PHONE. IN TODAY'S wizened AGE, GOD AND HIS BIBLE HAVE BECOME IRRELEVANT. NOW THE RECORD. MANY YEARS AGO, I WAS IN A CLOTHING STORE SELLING ADVERTISING. PRIOR TO MY SALVATION, I HAD MANAGED this haberdashery WHILE I ALSO ATTENDED COLLEGE. The owner of the store had previously, uh, previously excuse me, relayed my pre-conversion story to the young lady who clerked for him. My pre-salvation story was dark indeed. The young lady engaged me in conversation, asking me what I did for fun. I told her I went to church and Bible study several days a week, sang songs and clapped my hands in praise unto God, read the Bible daily, passed out tracts, AND WITNESSED OF CHRIST, THE LOST SONS AND DAUGHTERS OF ADAM, PRAYING FOR THOSE IN NEED AND MORE THE SAME. THE incredulous LOOK ON HER FACE TOLD IT ALL. I ASKED HER TO PICTURE AWAKE IN A FUNERAL HOME SETTING. A PERSON ENTERS THE VIEWING ROOM WITH A LARGE SUPPER PLATE LOADED UP WITH A STEAMING HOT STEAK, SMOTHERED WITH MUSHROOMS AND ONIONS, WITH MASHED POTATOES AND GRAVY ON THE SIDE, WITH SOME HOMEMADE BREAD AND BUTTER FOR GOOD MEASURE. Now the person waves that plate under the nose of the deceased. I asked the clerk what she figured the response would be. She answered, Oh, no response. That person is dead. Now, I said, wave that same plate under the nose of the construction worker who has worked hard all day and who has not yet returned home to his supper. The response would be markedly different. I explained to the young lady that she was dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And the great joy of a godly life that I had described was beyond her experience. She was spiritually blind, deaf, and dumb. Through Christ, I had now become dead to the things she did for fun. This marvelous transition takes place at what Jesus calls born-again. Something very real and miraculous happens at the place called born-again here you are quickened and become alive unto the spiritual realm concerning the apostles and disciples after the resurrection luke 24:45 reads then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures john 14:26 but the comforter which is the holy ghost whom the father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The unbeliever rejects the word of God, and Isaiah describes their dilemma in chapter 59, verse 10, We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We understand the argument of the lost, for we were once of that number. We have considered their positions and found them to be vacuous, untenable foolishness. Unfortunately for the unbeliever, we know and understand where they are, but they don't know or understand where we are. In the vanity and blindness of their minds, they are totally unaware of their deadly problem. Because of unbelief, the carnal are embroiled in mysteries that escape their understanding— and a barrage of infantile questions follow that the bloodbot can easily answer. This feature will highlight some of these issues that were previously researched on God Said, Man Said before tackling their latest puzzlement. God Said, Man Said, Science at the door. They keep on knocking, but they can't come in. John chapter 1 verse 1 and 14 speak of the Father and His Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Revelation 19.13 speaks of Jesus Christ, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. If Jesus is the word of God, and he is, then by necessity all the world's words and its books must bow down and do obeisance, and like it or not, they do. Christ is called the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet, and every word an alphabet can form. All words must bow. Did you ever consider that scientists searching for life in outer space, looking for extraterrestrials, probing for a parallel universe or universes, or looking for the theory of everything, etc., are actually knocking on heaven's door? Unfortunately for them, academic prowess will not open heaven's door. Only the childlike possess this marvelous key. Only the childlike. All of life's questions are answered in the Scriptures, yes, even science's loftiest pursuits. As mentioned earlier, Darwin's position was that as scientific knowledge increased, and with the proposed discovery of multitudes of missing links, the irrelevance of God would be established, but the contrary has been the case. Today's science has discovered amazing things that consistently shout God, for example, scientists have concluded the following. Your DNA is a four-letter construction alphabet made up of sentences, paragraphs, chapters, and volumes, confirming the Bible's teaching that all things are made out of words. Scientists have concluded that the human mind is known to have infinite capabilities, confirming Genesis 1, 26, and 27— Certifying Romans chapter 1 verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. A uh, note invisible is not nothing. Science has concluded that the first law of thermodynamics asserts that matter cannot be created or destroyed, but can only change form. What we have, then, is no new matter being created, confirming Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 14 and 15. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past." Scientists have concluded, after the uh, discovery of soft tissue and dinosaur bones, that their theory of fossilization needs to be revisited instead of the obvious, God's 6,000-plus-year-old earth. The undeniable proof that God and His Word are true and righteous altogether abounds, but they hold their ears and continue to deny Let not your hearts be troubled, my brothers and my sisters. Your faith is and shall continue to be rewarded. Consider the like but opposite thoughts that exist between the carnal and the redeemed. The carnal, unbelief in the biblical record, the children of faith, full faith in the Word of God. The carnal, searching for the origins of life. The children have found the origin of life. The carnal, searching for life in outer space. The children have found the life in outer space. The carnal, searching for possible extraterrestrials among us. The children have encountered and interact with the extraterrestrials among us. The carnal, searching for the proper dialogue to have with extraterrestrials if and when they encounter them. The children receive a supernatural language which was first received on the day of Pentecost and is still available to the church today to communicate with God Himself. The carnal, searching for that something in the void that controls all we see, the children know that that something is God. Everything for which the carnal are searching, the children have already found. Is there life in outer space? Not only do the Scriptures clearly state yes, but even tell where. Keep in mind that God was somewhere other than this universe when He created it, and one day soon this universe that was created out of the invisible will be dissolved. Hebrews 1, 10-12, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall wax old as doth a garment and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Did the skeptics searching for extraterrestrials even consider that Jesus Christ, who was with the Father before the world began, came to this earth as the Son of Man and as the only begotten Son of God? Listen to what John 8.23 says. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. Are there extraterrestrials among us? The answer is emphatically yes. Revelation 12:7 through 12 And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Hebrews 13:2 speaks about the good angels. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Extraterrestrials interacting in the lives of nations and men? Yes. The following paragraphs are from the God Said Man Said feature, of The Invisible Kingdom. I find it ridiculous and truly hypocritical that pseudoscience finds belief in an invisible God to be an untenable position. They don't believe because they don't see, yet, the very foundation of what they also attest to be scientific proof, they also have never seen. Consider this example from Discover Magazine, June 2002. Black holes are a good lesson about two truths of science. First, a lot of what we swear is scientifically accurate today will be proved wrong within a couple of decades. Second, the advancement of science works so well because it is so willing to be proved wrong. Still, science requires an interesting kind of faith. We're asked to believe that black holes exist— even though no one has ever observed them directly. Likewise, no one has seen an electron or a quark or a proton or a neutrino. We assume subatomic particles exist based on heaps of experimental evidence, but we don't have instruments sensitive enough to allow us to pick up one of them and to stare at it." End of quote. Untold wealth and time has been devoted to discovering the unifying theory of everything that will define the source of the physical world. Science has come to the conclusion that physical things are formed by the invisible. The childlike understand that God is invisible, and that he has created all that you see out of that which is invisible. To redeemed, the answer is elementary. Several quotations from the book The G.O.D. Experiments, written by Dr. Gary E. Schwartz, follow. The headline reads, Patterns in the Void why nothing is important. We are forced to confront the fact that something hidden in the void is controlling not just the subtle properties of matter, but the destiny of the universe. As Einstein said it, the field is the only reality. All material things, including living systems, are organized by fields as well as generating them. In light of this compelling evidence, logic requires that we entertain the hypothesis that invisible fields play a fundamental role in all physical phenomenon observed in nature and the universe. Science continues to grapple with what the children of faith take for granted. The headline in the August 2013 issue of Scientific American reads, QUANTUM PHYSICS, WHAT IS REAL? Several paragraphs have been lifted for your perusal. Physicists routinely describe the universe as being made of tiny subatomic particles that push and pull on one another by means of force fields. They call their subject particle physics, and their instruments particle accelerators. They you to a Lego-like model of the world, but this view sweeps a little-known fact under the rug the particle interpretation of quantum physics, as well as the field interpretation, stretches our conventional notions of particle and field to such an extent that ever more people think the world might be made of something else entirely. The problem is not that physicists lack a valid theory of the subatomic, uh, sub-atomic realm. They do have one. It is called quantum field theory. Physicists use it every day to calculate the Aftermath of particle collisions, the synthesis of matter in the Big Bang, the extreme conditions inside atomic nuclei, and much besides. So it may come as a surprise that physicists are not even sure what the theory says, what its ontology or basic physical picture is. If neither particle nor fields are fundamental, then what is? Some researchers think that the world at root does not consist of material things but of relations or of properties such as mass, charge, and spin, end of quote. God said man said subject, speaking to extraterrestrials. When science discovered that instead of human evolution having no certain geographical beginning, as was proposed, but in fact began with one common mother and father— When science discovered that instead of man evolving about one million years ago, but now 200,000, but now 100,000, but now 60,000, but now many scientists say 6,000 years ago, did these evolutionary scientists stand up and endorse the Genesis account? Of course not. When paleontologists found the unimaginable soft tissue and supposedly 65 million-year-old dinosaur bones, or soft tissue, and prehistoric fossilized frog bones, did they draw the obvious conclusion that these bones couldn't possibly be millions of years old, but relatively young? For the most part, they did not. The red-faced evolutionist said, we have to revisit our theory of fossilization. When science discovers fish fossils on the top of the world's mountain peaks, or colossal fossil graveyards all over the earth that were laid down by water action. Does anyone in the camp of unbelievers say, Noah? You guessed it, no. When evolution's frontman scientist Richard Dawkins was pressured by Ben Stein in the documentary Expelled to explain the origin and complexity of life, he suggested that the not-so-common thought in his community was that we may have been seeded by aliens— did his ilk give serious thought to the reality that God and his Christ and his holy angels are not of this world? I think not, at least not seriously. End of quote From the God said, man said feature, the matrix, they always end up here. Man was created by God with a spiritual interface that was left vacant when God was rejected. Since the fall, man has tried to fill that vacancy with other gods— Various lusts of the flesh, and today many have embraced man's science as their solution, but unfortunately for the sons of Adam, Jesus Christ, whom they have rejected, is the only way. It's amazing and beautiful to know that they always end up here. Carnal man rejects and ridicules the childlike who believe the Bible, but after their most sophisticated search, they end up here, inadvertently confirming the very word of God they have debased. We hear them knocking, but they can't come in. Only children of faith have the key. As mentioned above, the subhead from the feature Do We Live in the Matrix is physicists have proposed tests to reveal whether we are part of a giant computer simulation. But would you want to know? End of quote. What man yearns to understand, the children of God not only understand, but literally literally function in this parallel universe— which they know is the invisible kingdom of God. Believers actually pass back and forth through these dimensions continually. Several paragraphs from the December 2013 edition of Discover Magazine follow. In the 1999 sci-fi film classic The Matrix, the protagonist, Neil, is stunned to see people defying the laws of physics running up walls and vanishing suddenly. These superhuman violations of the rules of the universe are possible because, unbeknownst to him, Neo's consciousness is embedded in the Matrix—a Matrix, excuse me—a virtual reality simulation created by sentient machines. The action really begins when Neo is given a fateful choice: take the blue pill and return to his oblivious virtual existence, or take the red pill to learn the truth about the Matrix and find out how deep the rabbit hole goes. Physicists can now offer us the same choice, the ability to test whether we live in our own virtual matrix by studying radiation from space. As fanciful as it sounds, some philosophers have long argued that we're actually more likely to be artificial intelligences trapped in a fake universe than we are organic minds in the real one. But if that were true, The very laws of physics that allow us to devise such reality-checking technology may have little to do with the fundamental rules that govern the meta-universe inhabited by our simulators. To us, these programmers would be gods, able to twist reality on a whim. So should we say yes to the offer to take the red pill and learn the truth, or are the implications too disturbing? End of quote. Theoretical science postulates that it could be possible to create a makeshift universe good enough to fool its inhabitants, again from Discover. We may be able to fit humans into our simulation boxes within a century, says Silas Bean, a nuclear physicist at the University of Washington in Seattle. Bean developed simulations that recreate how elementary protons and neutrons join together to form ever larger atoms in our young universe. Unfortunately, our almighty simulators may instead have programmed us into a universe-sized reality show and are capable of manipulating the rules of the game purely for their entertainment. In that case, maybe our best strategy is to lead lives that amuse our audience in hope that our simulator gods will resurrect us in the aftermath of next-generation simulations." End of quotes they always end up here. Consider some of the questions that science is pondering in the Scripture verses that follow. Is this the real universe? Second Corinthians 4.18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. James 4.14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor, that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Hebrews chapter 1, 10 through 12. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. This universe is temporal, that which is real is that which is eternal. Question. Are we being manipulated or affected by outside sources and do the outside sources interact with us? The answer, of course, is yes and from the very beginning. Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 2 Timothy 2, 24-26. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. James 4:7 Submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you. Question. Can these beings from the other universe do things we cannot? Are they subject to the same physical laws of nature? Here's one example. Acts chapter 12:7 through 10. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision." When they were past the first and the second ward, they came upon the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out, and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. From the God-said man said feature the invisible God and his invisible kingdom. Today's science is struggling with discoveries that defy naturalistic explanations. They are discovering another dimension other than the three, the physical world understands. Of course, God's children know there are four dimensions. Ephesians 3:17 and 18 again reads, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Today's science is tripping over the invisible realm. God said, man said, the invisible kingdom reads, scientific theorists have projected the concept of a parallel universe, an invisible universe existing in an unseen dimension parallel with our own. These speculations are spawned by reams of data that suggests there's an invisible something all around us and throughout the universe that is immeasurably more powerful and plentiful than anything carnal man has experienced." Science writer Alan Burdick quotes NASA microbiologist Ben Kastoran in an October 2004 feature in Discover magazine titled Seeding the Universe. The following paragraph is from that article. Maybe it's something you're not able to detect with the naked eye. Maybe it exists on a different wavelength, he says. A public relations minder from NASA looks less than thrilled by Venkat's speculation, he goes on, you might think I'm crazy. Maybe there's somebody walking around right now that we can't see. The invisible God declares an invisible kingdom which is accessed through the blood of redemption of his only begotten Son Christ Jesus. Scientific truth and theory declare that the invisible has phenomenal implications and that the invisible is the substance of all visible things. Children of faith understand that God has created all physical things out of that which is invisible, of course, again from the invisible God and His invisible kingdom. Bruce Lipton, Ph.D., a stem cell biologist who taught at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine, performed pioneering studies at Stanford University, and authored and co-authored numerous books, made some telling statements in his book, The Biology of Belief. We've lifted the following excerpts for your examination. Excerpt number one. No, there has not been a printing mistake. Atoms are made out of invisible energy, not tangible matter. So in our world, material substances, matter, appear out of thin air. Kind of weird when you think about it here you are holding this physical book in your hands. Yet if you were to focus on the book's material substance with an atomic microscope, you would see you are holding nothing. Excerpt number two. Fortunately, leaders in the field, such as Johns Hopkins University physicist Richard Kahn Henry, are addressing the misperceptions about the perceived primacy of the material world. Henry offered an elegantly simple definition on the true nature of the universe. The universe is immaterial, mental and spiritual, live and enjoy. End of quote. The cover of the November 2018 issue of Discover Magazine reads, Life in the Quantum Realm. Excerpts that depict science's latest puzzlement have been lifted from this six-page feature titled, your daily dose of quantum. Our sense of touch then arises from an exceedingly complex interaction between electrons around the molecules of our bodies and those of the objects we encounter. From that information, our brain creates the illusion that we possess solid bodies moving through a world filled with other solid objects. Touch doesn't give us an accurate sense of reality." And it may be that none of our perceptions match what's really out there. Donald Hoffman, a cognitive neuroscientist at the University of California, Irvine, believes that our senses and brain evolve to hide the true nature of reality, not reveal it. My idea is that reality, whatever it is, is too complicated and would take up too much time and energy to process, he says. Hoffman likens the picture our brain constructs of the world to the graphical interface on a computer screen. All the colorful icons on the screen, the trash can, the mouse pointer, the file folder folders bear no resemblance at all to what's really going on inside the computer. They're abstractions, simplifications that allow us to interact with complex electronics. In Hoffman's view, evolution has shaped our brains to operate in much the same way as a graphical interface that doesn't reproduce the world with any sort of fidelity. Evolution doesn't favor the development of accurate perceptions. It rewards ones that enhance survival, or as Hoffman puts it, fitness beats truth. Hoffman and his graduate students have run hundreds of thousands of computer models in recent years to test his ideas, in the simulations, artificial life forms compete for limited resources. And in every case, the organisms programmed to emphasize fitness outcompete the various ones prime for accurate perceptions. For example, if one organism is tuned to accurately perceive, say, the total amount of water present in an environment, it will lose out to an organism that's tuned to perceive something simpler, the optimal amount of water needed to stay alive. So while one organism might construct a more accurate representation of reality, that representation doesn't enhance its survivability. Hoffman's studies have led him to a remarkable conclusion. To the extent that we're tuned to fitness, we will not be tuned to reality. You can't do both." End of quote. To the childlike, what the ungodly consider perplexing questions are simply and entirely answerable in one person god's only begotten son jesus christ the righteous the rolling of academia's eyes when offered this solution will not negate the simple truth truth is impervious to rolling eyes god said luke 17:20 20 and 21 and when he was demanded of the pharisees when the kingdom of god should come he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. God said, Ephesians 3, 17 and 18, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. God said, Colossians chapter 1, 16 and 17, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Man said, who needs the God of the Bible? Modern science has all the answers. If I don't know the answer to a particular question, I'll just ask my phone. In today's wise and age, God and His Bible have become irrelevant. Now you have the record.